I'm in a series that started October 30th. This is called Exercising Your Jesus-Given Authority Over Satan. And uh, so I want to continue that. I didn't get done. I thought I'd get through today, but the Lord's kind of messing with me one more Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I, I just want us to pre be prepared in this series to win the spiritual battles ahead. How many know we are in a spiritual battle? And uh, the darkness seems to be rising up everywhere. The spirit of Antichrist is, a, <clears throat> is the attitude of the demonic world that uh, eventually will, um, will apex with Antichrist coming on the scene as a world leader, uh, overseeing a one-world government with all the, all the bells and whistles that goes with that. And there's ideologies alive and at work today seeking to combine the world together just that way. It's really uncanny that the Bible has a, a crazy way of fulfilling itself because God sees the future, right? So just wanted you to be aware. It seems like we're in that season of time. There's a clash of kingdoms. So just want us to be ready. How many know spiritual things are just as real, actually more real than physical things? You know, back years ago when I came to the Lord as an 18-year-old, I heard uh, Kenneth Hagin say that on a cassette tape at the time in the mid-70s, and he made, kept making that comment, spiritual things are as real as physical things. I wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm driving my car, that's physical. You know, I'm wearing my clothes, that's physical. I mean, you know, I'm eating my food, that's physical. I'm laying in my bed, that's physical. You know, spiritual things, he kept saying it, spiritual things are more real. And you know, over the years of time, I came to Jesus in 1976, and I can tell you that it is true that spiritual things are more real than physical things. In fact, one day, you will leave your physical world and enter into that spiritual dimension. Are you excited about that? That's what Barak did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Jesus, uh, in fact, the Bible, Paul said this, Colossians 1.15, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of every creature, for by him all things created in heaven and on earth. What's this? Visible and invisible. Hmm. Whether they're thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things are created uh, by him and for him. In fact, uh, Hebrews 11.3 says the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things that are seen are not made of things which appear. So again, the, the, the immaterial world is more real than the natural world. In fact, uh, you know, if you like physics, quantum physics is the study of small molecular things. And, uh, you know, our modern world works with quantum physics. You can't see the things that make that little phone you got work, but it sure does work well. And, and you may be not listening to me and looking at your phone right now because of the invisible things, right? So just be aware uh, physical, spiritual things are very, very real. In that, in that invisible kingdom, there is the dark kingdom where there is Satan, fallen angels. Mentioned this last week. And then there are demonic forces. We, uh, uh, their, their, their origin is up for speculation. I have a lot to say, but I'm not going to talk about that on Sunday morning. And, uh, but uh, they, they, and so they, can, they, they hinder us and, and do different things in life. And that's the, that's the dark kingdom. Then there's the kingdom of God. Aren't you glad you're in the kingdom of God? no better kingdom to be in than the kingdom of God. It's a kingdom of life, a kingdom of light. It's a kingdom of love. Isn't that great? And so there's God the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the angels of God. And then you're in that kingdom as, a, as really a spiritual being in a physical body. So today um, uh, we're going to look at some ways that people yield to the demonic. Um, and, and we talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, let me give you just a quick review from where we've been since October 30th. Our vantage point for talking about all this is a place of authority. Yes or no? 
Jesus has given believers, of all people on the earth, believers have authority over Satan. And we talked about the fact that we talked about Satan's origin initially. He uh, was, uh, was um, an angel in heaven. He fell, uh, took some of the angels of heaven with him, fell to the earth, and then corrupted the, the uh, man that God made. The man and the woman corrupted them. They became sinful. They were fallen, and that's the way we are. We are sinners in need of a Savior, right? And the second thing that happened when Adam and Eve sinned is uh, Satan tempted Eve and Adam yielded in knowing exactly what he did. And that's why the sin is with the man, not the woman. She, you know, she was deceived. But Adam knew what he did, right? And he'd, he'd rather have that, that lady over, over God. That's something to think about, isn't it? Ladies, you need to understand your place. You need to understand that you can, you can do something to that man. How many know you need to honor God? And then honor his will and purpose for your life. So nonetheless, um, wow, the second thing that happened, though, was, was the authority that God gave Adam and Eve, Eve as the human race uh, to oversee the earth under God's all authority was, uh, was transferred to Satan. Now, that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus, being the God-man, will hopefully have some time to talk about that during Christmas. Uh, being virgin-born, his mother uh, never uh, was intimate with a man, and she got pregnant with God's baby, God's child, and... Uh, that's why Jesus is so celebrated, right? If you can't be a Christian without believing the virgin birth, right? Uh, but see, that, that did something really amazing to Jesus. He was born sinless. He was born out from under death's authority and out from under Satan's authority. So he's, he's called the second Adam, the last Adam. And then G when Jesus died, he, he, he took our sins. He took our place. He redeemed us from sin and rose from the dead so we could be right with God. Isn't that awesome? But the second thing he did was he took that authority that, that, um, that Adam and Eve gave away when they sinned. He took it and, and he said just before he went to heaven, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. You go and make disciples of all nations. He gave that authority to the church. Isn't that awesome? So see, that's our vantage point. We have authority over Satan. John said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, right? We've been delivered, Paul said, from the authority of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. So we talked about all that. And then we mentioned last week, there are two words that I think aptly describe Satan, uh, two words uh, that show how he, this is modus operandi, this is his way of doing things, subterfuge, and incognito. He does things underneath the surface. He doesn't, want to be, he doesn't want to be known or seen, but he does want to be heard. But he doesn't want, want, want you to know that he has anything to do with anything. That's the way he operates. That's the way his kingdom operates. And um, there are some things that, one thing that Jesus said that I believe applies to America particularly today, and we're watching its fulfillment. And it's in Matthew 12, Jesus was exorcising a, a demon spirit from a, from a guy. And, um, and then he made this comment, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, Matthew 12, 43, 44, 45, seeking rest, finds none. Then he says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And he comes, finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than myself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. He was talking there uh, uh, about an individual, but then he broadens it a whole lot when he uses, makes that last statement. So shall it be with this wicked generation. We, uh, we just celebrated Thanksgiving, and you know the original settlers came here uh, because they wanted religious freedom. 
and they wanted freedom to worship, right? That's not taught in schools now. It's very, very sad. So we talked about that Wednesday night, well, Tuesday night this past week on my blog on Thursday. I talked about that in fair detail. Nonetheless, um, we were a Christian that was basically founded with, uh, I say it, a Judeo-Christian Judeo ethic that is the Ten Commandments formed the basis for our legal system, our structure, and our laws, and our morals. Would you agree with that? Not everybody's followed it over the years, but enough people did that it brought a lot of light to America. And America has been, has been the nation that really pushed the gospel all over the world for a long, long time. But we've fallen from the place that God had for us. We talked about this last week when Jesus said, so shall it be to this wicked generation, that is, the demonic comes back. Anytime there's a void, anytime there's a void, the devil always tries to come back, and he's doing that with our nation right now. And we mentioned rampant idolatry that is in our nation. We don't have idols on the corner of every street like the streets in, in India where I've been so many times. But you know what? There's still just as much idolatry here. And last week we talked about Baal, or actually the correct pronunciation, I think is Baal, worship, which Baal or Baal worship is worshipped with sexual immorality. And how many know sexual immorality is a huge problem in America today? It's causing social problems, cultural problems. It's causing, it's causing poverty and, and it's really causing the downward spiral of our nation. If you don't have a, a, a cohesive family unit with a male father and a female mother, hello, then you don't have the ability to, uh, to pass, uh, just to pass morals and things down to the next generations. And, and there's no other choice, but um, that, that culture will fail. Rome ruled the world for hundreds of years, but Rome fell through immorality. And I don't have time to go there, but you can search history and look at that. So we now have a generation of people that basically have turned away from the Judeo-Christian roots that brought such light here really kept the demonic out in a large way. Not everybody's walked with God. We've had our scandals and problems, and we got plenty of people that have done it wrong through all the, all the hundreds of years that we've been a nation, right? But, you know, there's been enough light. You just got to understand it's pushed a lot of the darkness away if you've traveled. And I've traveled to a number of nations. When you go to other nations that haven't had the seedbed of Christianity that we've had, uh, you see and feel a big difference. You just do, and if you've traveled, you know exactly. You know exactly what I mean. So, um, so because we've uh, sought to extinguish, and again, I think it's the spirit of antichrist has a lot to do with our leaders. How many know voting makes a lot of difference? We're having problems. We're having problems in our country because of the leaders. The leaders come from us, and really, if you boil it down, the problems come from the church. If we're preaching the word like we're supposed to be, our nation will change. But when we kowtow to the culture, how many know we lose? And we lose badly. Friends, we're losing badly now. So I'm talking about some things I have actually never talked about on Sunday morning. But here we go. Last week, I talked about rampant immorality and all of the facets of that. So if you weren't here, make sure you go to our website. Check that out. There are two areas to watch out for. Again, number one, deviant sexual behavior. We talked about that in detail. I don't even have time to touch it today. i got so much to cover today. Today I want to talk about something I've never talked about on Sunday morning is participation in occult practices. Did you know a lot of Americans uncannily participate in the demonic and are not even aware of it? So we're going to talk about that and how that works. Um, 
Jesus dealt with the demonic regularly in his ministry. In fact, uh, the worship of false gods uh, was uh, rampant, and, and because of that and the rampant idolatry of Jesus' day, demon forces were just all over the Middle East during his time. And if you go through the uh, four Gospels, it's an insightful study. I found as I studied through the four Gospels at least 32 different passages that talked about Jesus dealing with the demonic world in his ministry. 32. And I want to give you just a few of them uh, before we go any further today just to see how strong it was during that time. And, you know, how many know those, those, uh, those entities are still here seeking to wreak havoc on human behavior? Let me say this. If Jesus could have, and this is another subject for another day, if he could have cast all those uh, demon spirits that, that manifested in his day, if he could have cast them into whatever a pit or the lake of fire, whatever he could have. If he could have, he would have. But it's not time for them to go there yet, so they're still here. So just listen to uh, just a few of these. Matthew 8, 16, when evening had come, they brought to him, Jesus, many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. I'm going to go fast. Can you listen fast? As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons freely you receive freely give mark 1 32 at evening when the sun had set they brought to him all who were sick those who were demon possessed and the whole city was gathered together at the door then he healed many who were sick with various diseases cast out how many demons hmm. and did not allow the demons to see, speak because they knew him at mark three thirteen. he went up to a mountain and called him, him those um, he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed the twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Interesting, right? Uh, Luke, I'm, I'm, this is the short excerpts of some that are really long. I don't have time this morning to cover them. Luke 8, 1 and 2, now it came to pass afterwards that he went through every city, village, preaching, bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him and certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. Now it's funny to me, you got all this in the New Testament, you rarely hear anybody preach about it. Why? Uh, are we afraid of the big bag wolf? Or the devil? No, I'm not afraid of him. Are you? You have authority over him, and we need to warn people that we have a big struggle going on. How about Mark 16, the commission to the disciples? He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned, and these signs will follow those who believe. In, that's the first one. In my name, they will cast out demons. Wow. They will, take up, uh, they will uh, speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will no by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And then the book of Acts, there's at least five places in the book of Acts where we're dealing with the demonic was mentioned. Acts 8, 5, Philip, who was uh, just a disciple and then eventually became the first evangelist of the church, mentioned in the New Testament, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them and multitudes with one accord heeded those things uh, spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Watch this, for unclean spirits. Now that's interesting. That's an interesting two words together, isn't it? If you're messing with things unclean, it could be demonic. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. Here's Acts 16, 
uh, Paul and Silas, it happened as, they, as we went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us uh, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This uh, girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim the way of salvation. Well, you know, nobody wants the devil testifying for them. Verse 18, and she did this for many days, but Paul greatly, would you be annoyed? Greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. You think it really blessed Paul and Silas. They got put in prison because of it. Uh, but they got set free because they praised God. Acts 19, 11, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs of, or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. Then it says the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. There's something about the anointing. In fact, uh, Isaiah 10, 27 says it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. Yeah? So somehow the anointing went into cloth and drove demon spirits out as well as healed the sick. Then uh, Paul, this is perhaps 20 years after Pentecost, Acts 19 Paul went to Ephesus, got people born again, filled with the Holy Spirit who were following John the Baptist. And then later on down in that passage, watch this. Um, Acts 19, 18, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices and a number of them who had been practicing sorcery hmm, brought their incantation books and burned them at, at a public bonfire. I wonder why they burned their books. We'll talk about it later. The value of the books was several million dollars. Wow, in today's money. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Now I want to get to the crust of what I want to talk about today. There is a passage in the Old Testament that we as Americans need to heed and listen to. Because uh, we're, we're, we're opening ourselves up to all kinds of demonic bondage and we little realize it. We're also uh, subjecting our children to these things. So just bear with me. Everybody okay? Deuteronomy 18.9 when you enter the land your Lord, your, the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable. Everybody say detestable. Hmm. Customs of the nations living there. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter uh, as a burnt offering. And we do that today. And I've talked about the, god, the uh, false god Molech, which uh, they sacrificed their children to and, and burned them alive. And that Molech is the same thing as abortion today. Yeah, yeah, it gets quiet. It's true. Uh, and do not let your people practice fortune-telling or use sorcery or interpret omens. What is interpreting omens? So you got a, let's say you got a big bad storm with big clouds and lightning and thunder and wind and heavy rain. Well, it's a big storm. What, wonder what bad's going to happen now. And they would, uh, they would say, use that as an omen for something bad happening in the future or if there was, uh, you know, uh, tornadic activity was probably rare then, or cyclones, we would call them hurricanes, or some unusual phenomenon with nature, or, or you know, somebody's uh, having them a cup of tea and they're reading the tea leaves, or some other unusual thing. They also did some things with animals, uh, and, and in that way, they wanted to prognosticate the future. So this calls it... Uh, interpreting omens hmm. or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead now in uh, olden times it was called necromancy 
Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And, and it is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. These nations you're about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers. But the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. Hmm. Now that's really interesting. We are in America falling headlong into occultism. Are you aware of that? You know, this is an aside, but every Tuesday, I've been doing this for over, gosh, a dozen years. I get up at 4.30 on Tuesday mornings and make my way from my house in Nightdale here. And I, oh, I've done this, y'all, for a long, and I do it on purpose. I turn my radio on, FM station, and there is a guy, George Norrie. Y'all ever heard of him? He's got a night, all-night broadcast. I guess it's for people that drive trucks and stuff. Who wants to stay up all night and listen to him? It goes off at 5 o'clock, but uh, anyway, I'm in my vehicle by about 20 minutes till 5, and then I make my trek 15 minutes or so here, and I listen on purpose to that channel. You know why? It sounds bizarre, but you know why? Because he's always interviewing somebody that has to do with occult practices. And it's nationwide. And then he has these people call in from all over the nation, truckers, and I guess people that like to stay up at night. I hadn't figured it out yet, unless you're a parent and your baby can't sleep. I, I don't know. But, but they're calling in, and they're making all kinds of comments about the paranormal. And it's intriguing. Everybody's so intrigued about the paranormal. Did you hear what I'm saying? And it's, and it's some, you know, some medium or psychic or some witch or this, that, the other, and they're touting their website, their book, and that. I, I don't know if you realize it, but that's going on strongly today. I just want you to be aware. Uh, let me say this about this whole area here of the demonic. When you mess with occult things, it is as though you become a marked person in the spirit realm. Just a little check mark. Demons are looking uh, for activity. Well, there's a person that's opened us. So let's go see if they'll let us mess with them. Now, you've got to shut the door. If you've opened the door by being involved in any kind of occultism, witchcraft, false... Uh, you know, false religions and all. You need to shut the door. How many hear me? I'll get more practical here in a second. So anyway, you open the door uh, to occult things uh, a number of ways. Everybody okay? So I'm going to read this list and I'll make some comments just as it comes up. Uh, occult influences in our culture today. You ready for this? Huh? Horoscope reading. Every hard copy newspaper I've ever read has horoscope in it. If you agree with that? And now you can go to the bookstore, I guess you can get it in a digital form and, and get your uh, horoscope, whatever, your, whatever your, um, you know, your particular month is, your sign of the zodiac is, you can get that. How many other stars have absolutely nothing to do with your personal life? God created those stars, the sun, the moon. He didn't create them to be worshipped. He created them to be ministers to the earth and to keep the atmosphere here the way it needs to be. How many hear me? So if you're reading your horoscope or you're always going, well, let me see what I'm not supposed to, who I'm not supposed to talk to today, who I'm supposed to talk to today, what I'm not supposed to do today, should have worked today, should have not worked. Give me a break. Stomp on that book. Throw it out of your house, right? Uh, palm readings. I was told you this. I was 13 years old. I went to a Southern Methodist church. Think of it. <laughs> I went to a, uh, you know, Halloween carnival. And they had a palm reader there. She got my, she got my right hand. And she looked at all the little lines on my hand, and one thing she said put a spirit of fear on me for years. She said, you know, your lifeline's really short, Mitch. You're going to die young. 
I mean, I did. I just looked there with my mouth open. Huh? Well, look at your lifeline. It's supposed to be long. Yours is short. That means you're not going to live probably into adulthood. You have any idea how that affected my head? <laughs> I was 13 years old. 13. I just turned 13. I wrestled with that for years until I came to Jesus and found out I have a personal authority over the demonic and that God promised me long life and nobody that knows me would call me young today. So it was a lie. Would you agree? Come on. Psychic readings. Now, you know, when you travel city to city, you got these little praying hands, of course. You got underneath, got psychic reader. You ever seen those? Hopefully, you'll have nothing to do with that kind of stuff. And then, of course, you know, bookstores and then now online, digital form, all kind of websites have these kinds of things. How many know that originates in the demonic? The next thing is the use of crystals. I was surprised at how, uh, how pervasive this is today. Uh, how many know there are uh, new age stores all over the place now? Selling all kinds of wares for your house under the auspices of, let's, let's give you a peaceful environment. Let's, let's have a cal calming effect in your home. So you, they sell you all kinds of things. You need to look at the background of those things. Huh? Because my uh, um, experience in life has shown me demonic things hang around occult objects. Demons hang around occult objects. Did you know that? So if you've got a crystal hanging around your neck, just cover it up real quick and get rid of it when you leave. <laughs> really, my encouragement is check out what you're wearing, what you're doing, what the origin of it is. I don't use symbology. I don't use symbols. The only thing, I don't even have a cross. Jesus died on a cross, but I just don't happen to have one because I'm not thinking, I, I, I live a crucified life, but Jesus is not on the cross. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Huh? Just something to think about, right? So anyway, you want to check out these kind of things. So, uh, you know, what does it do? You say, well, melancholia, just a, a foreboding sense, um, a fear. You know, you, you say it's supposed to be calming. Well, it does lots of things. Introduces all kinds of thoughts into your mind. That's what the demonic uh, does. I don't have time to even go there today, but maybe next Sunday. We'll see. Uh, Yoga-type meditation. I mentioned that last week or a couple of weeks ago anyway. Uh, you know, if you practice yoga, now let me say this, I got this program on my iPad, I set my iPad up in my bedroom, and you know, I turn this leg one way, and then pull on this, and it affects a muscle over here, and then, you know, I do, the, I do all kind of little antics, and feel like I'm all twisted up, but it's not yoga. Did you hear me? Nothing wrong with stretching your muscles, but anybody that tells you to clear your mind, and think on nothing, is introducing you to the demonic realm. If you go look up the history of yoga, it's paganism. So, you mean I can't go yoga? Well, just don't empty your head. And quote some, nah, 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 nah. I mean, stop doing that stuff. Don't be twirling your fingers up like some crazy person. Necromancy, contacting the dead. You know, when I was a little boy, we thought it was really cool. We went, went out in my father's garage, and uh, we got some candles, and we lit a candle. And we all got in a circle, and we said, oh. We named several, a spirit of, named several relatives, come and visit us. Now that's necromancy. Call it seances today, right? 
Don't be involved in that kind of junk. You know, most of us are adults here. But you know, people that are fascinated by the occult, how many know there's a big fascination with the occult right now? Or you could call it the paranormal. Because people realize there's another dimension to life. And there is, there's a spiritual world. Well, you're supposed to fill that part of your life with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. If you want some paranormal, come and get filled with the Holy Ghost. You'll have all kinds of experiences in God. He'll be talking to you, ministering to you. You'll be praying for people and helping people. Woo, you got all the out of the normal you want right there. How many hear me? Yeah. Uh, false doctrine. False doctrine abounds today. Anybody that adds to the Bible, like uh, there's one called, what is it? The other book of Jesus Christ. Heard of that one? Well, that's, Mormon. that's Mormonism. Uh-huh. Yeah, Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, there's lots of other cults. We call them cults because anybody that introduces something to you that brings you salvation any other way than the virgin-born Son of God that took your sin, that, that took your place in suffering, that was raised from the dead, is wrong. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. So anybody that takes away from the Bible, anybody that's ministering. Now, let me tell you what's going on today. Y'all okay? Uh, you go to some churches and all they do is prophesy to each other all the whole time. Well, the Lord's saying this and the Lord's saying that. Well, I'm glad to hear what the Lord's saying, but is it backed up by scripture? And if you can't find book, chapter, and verse, it's suspect. And they could have, you know, drank too much coffee or, you know, number of things, but that's not necessarily the Lord just because a person prophesies it is. How many hear me? If you hear me prophesy, check it out with Scripture. Right? True. False doctrine. So there's a lot of false doctrine. Itching ears is the order of the day today. People, people want a good, uh, you know, make me feel good message. So then go out and go conquer the weak. Well, Jesus wants you to conquer your flesh, the world, and the devil. And then be submitted to him. And the way up is down. How many hear me? And that's the gospel we preach. So false doctrine number. The next one is reading about or participating in witchcraft. Now, when I was a little boy, I went to the, actually the library in my school had witchcraft books. Do you know I checked them out? You could check them out two weeks at a time. I read those things. I read about spells and potions. Then I found this one little section on voodoo. And then they showed me how to make me a little voodoo doll. I hate to tell you this. I was 14 years old. And I made me a little voodoo doll, and I stuck it up on my wall. And somebody I didn't like did something to me. I said, well, I'm going to get me a pen, and they're going to have headaches for a week. <laughs> or they're going to have a stomachache. <laughs> or they're going to mess up the leg. <laughs> and I stick the little pen on it. That's crazy, isn't it? You say, Mitch, you're crazy. I was crazy. I didn't know Jesus. Let me also say, uh, if, if your kids are reading Harry Potter books, you should throw all of them in the trash. In fact, you should have a book burning, the truth is. And if you're a parent and you think that that's okay, you need to come and talk to me because you're thinking wrong, right? Uh, witchcraft, um, I'm sorry, reading books or articles or watching videos now or MP3s or fours that deal with magic, spells, and incantation. You watching that kind of stuff? Did you know spirits get through into your mind? Now, I don't have time to talk about it today. The number one road A scripture's coming to my head, Ephesians 6, 12. Be aware of the wiles, the methods. The Greek word's methodia. It actually means with a road. 
Maybe we'll talk about it next time. Satan comes into your life on a road, and the road is thoughts. So anytime he can get you sidetracked reading, listening to, watching, or thinking about wrong things, he's got a road into your life. You know how you keep him out? Keep your mind. Yes or no? I got a book out there that I wrote last year. Uh, witchcraft symbology. The use of crystals. Huh. Talk about this one in a minute. Dream catchers. Hmm. Uh, this one just came up, I think, because I was uh, doing some, you know, I did some research. It wasn't even Google research. I had another search engine. But this came up, spirit lamps. You ever heard of that? Oh, they got these pretty lamps started coming up on my Facebook page. I like, what the heck is that? Spirit lamps. And then I did the reading on it. Oh, it makes your house calm. Then I looked at the origin of it. It's all demonic. It's just crazy. Uh, witchcraft symbology, the use of crystals, dream catcher, spirit lamps, images or icons of false gods. Hmm. You, you, you need to, to leave all that alone. How many hear me? I'll cover that in just a minute a little further. The next one is hallucinogenic drugs and alcohol. That, that would include marijuana. Did you know since I've been pastoring, I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor, I just want you to know that I innocuously, now when they say that, I just look. And they say, I just innocuously smoke pot every once in a while. Because, you know, it, it keeps me from being on edge. And, you know, this kind of makes me feel a little better. I said, does it now? I said, well, I used to smoke pot. I know how it makes you feel. I also know how it smells. You have no idea how many times I'm riding my bike down the Noosa River Trail, and I can smell some weed burning. I just went by a person there looking at me, smiling, and they've been smoking pot. Hallucinogenic drugs includes pot or anything else like that. Did you know demon spirits get involved in your life when you use drugs? Now, I'm not talking about pharmaceuticals that help your kidneys or your heart or what. I'm talking about other things that affect your head. Did you hear what I'm saying? I took pills when I was a little kid thinking I was really cool. And um, right along with uh, the use of um, uh, hallucinogenics is alcohol. Alcohol is a scourge. You say, Pastor, you, you condemning drinking? I condemn anything into excess. You say, the Bible says you don't drink. Well, it says, you know, give drink to those that are sad. It's not for a ruler to drink. Right? Yeah, are you sad? You lost somebody? Well, still, I don't think drinking's the answer to it. Do you? In fact, Paul said, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. But he did say, be filled or be drunk with the Spirit. So if I'm going to be drunk, I'll get the Holy Spirit on me. Right? People don't realize the uh, Greek word for witchcraft. Now, this is King James Version. Everybody okay? Yeah. Works of flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry. And then the King James Version called, says witchcraft. Other translations say sorcery. Uh, that word witchcraft, you know what the Greek word is? Pharmakia. Uh, you just go read history, the history of pagan cultures, the history of inducing drugs to give them an experience where the other world opens up. You got the Native American smoking his peace pipe. Well, he, just, he was smoking something that opened up the other world. Did you hear what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Witchcraft. Anytime you sedate the central nervous system of the human being, you open yourself up to demonic activity. That's why a lot of immorality in colleges, 
just get a couple of glasses of wine, a couple of beers. We just get loose. How many hear me? Parties. Yeah. Do you know most crimes that are committed when they're researched, usually it's the abuse of alcohol or the drugs that has led that person to, 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 to give in when they would naturally resist a certain thought that comes in. You've read things just like I have of somebody that committed a horrible act, a heinous act. And after they were interviewed, they said, uh, while they were interviewing, being interviewed, they said something like, you know, I don't know what, something just came over me and I just did it, not even knowing what I was doing hardly. And then came to and can't believe what it did. Killing their spouse, killing their children. In fact, you know, most murders, you know, it's, uh, it's somebody in the family. Somebody that knows them. Huh? Wow, really amazing. So, uh, witchcraft. Don't be messing with those things that mess with your central nervous system. I don't drink alcohol. I don't need alcohol. The only thing I need is Jesus. If I have him, he fills me up plumb full. My cup runs over. And if you've just got to have a drink, if you've got to have a drink, let me just say, I think you're not where you need to be with God. I know that's controversial. We have a song, fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord, come and quench the thirsting of my soul. It's an old song, sang at the Baptist church. If you got to have something else to, fill you, to, to quench your thirst, you're not thirsty enough for Jesus. Put that in your cup and drink it, all right? I know it's controversial. I'm not here, because, I'm not here to make you like me or lump me. I'm just... It's just right here, y'all. Watching paranormal movies. If you like spooky movies, you're opening your mind to things. Why, why are you doing it? Well, I just like the thrill. Well, you know what? And so does the devil. He likes the thrill, too. He wants you to be mesmerized by that. Uh, here's one, children's toys. Mm-hmm. Did you know there's a lot of occult symbology in toys today? Now, I've just got a few. Now, I've got to scroll way down. This is in the notes if you get them. Uh, here's one. Uh, Rocky sent me these. I said, send me a few. So here's a few. Magic Mixies, Magical Misting Cauldron. <laughs> cauldron. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess you can buy it at your local Target or Walmart. I don't know. Uh, how about Hatchimals? Do you know it has an occult background? Mm -hmm. How about Gotcha Glow Fairy Finder? Can you get to that? There you go. Oh, it looks real pretty, don't it? Got little fairies flying around. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Magic Mixie's Crystal Ball. Good Lord. I've, I do have, now I'm not going to take time to go into any of this. Here's some, here's some occult symbology here uh, that you'll find on things, and that's there. You can look at some of that, and this, you know, this is commonly known. You can find this most anywhere. But anyway, if you got, you buying things with that kind of symbol on it, you probably want to get rid of that. You know, don't buy it for your kids either. Crystalina doll, Hatchimals Pixies, Crystal Flyers. I mean, whatever all this stuff is. I'm, I'm not going to buy it for my grandkids. I think they're going to play with fire trucks and, you know, cars, trucks, uh, big old dump trucks, my boys, my girls. They, I'll, I'll go right down on the floor and play dolls with them. Yeah, we're going to feed the doll. We're going to, you know, do their hair and all that. When I had hair, they used to do, my kids did my hair. But, you know, there's a lot of other good toys. Just miss all those aisles in the, in, in the, uh, in the uh, department stores. You hear me? Just miss them. Just don't even go there. Why go there? Why go there when there's so much good around? 
why are these things even available for children? Yeah, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. Participating in deviant sexual activity, pedophilia, homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, pornography, you know, uh, homosexuality and lesbianism, they're trying to make that mainstream completely mainstream. It's still only about 2 or 3% of our, uh, of our culture, but they keep, pu- keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And then they want all the bu- uh, businesses to push, 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 so it's mainstream, so you think it's normal. Friends, that is abnormal. That's called going after strange flesh in the Bible. If you're a man, God wants you to be in love with a woman and get married to her before you have sex with her. And if you're a woman, God wants you to love a man and don't have sex with him until you get married to him. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about these. Uh, pornography is a huge problem. I talked about it last week. Uh, possessing emblems of pagan worship. I've got to talk about this a little bit. Um, they may seem innocuous, but let me just say demons love to gather around symbols of demon power. I don't know if you realize that or not. So, you know, Susan and I... Before we built, uh, moved in the house we're in now, we used to do a good bit of, uh, we had, um, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> we went to stores and we looked at all kind of antique things. And we had antique this and antique that, and then we, you know, bought another house, got new furniture and all that. So, but anyway, we still go into antique stores and look around. But I just noticed when I go into antique stores and stuff, you know, you got all, now you got all this stuff from all over the world. Have you noticed? I mean, it's really from everywhere. And there's all kinds of uh, uh, pagan gods, you know, Buddha's everywhere now. You can find them in, you know, we were in Waynesville and went into several uh, stores, you know, antique and otherwise. And you got Buddha and all kinds of little uh, antiques uh, from, uh, from other pagan cultures and, and mysticism and such. And it's just, and for me, every time I go by that stuff, I quicken inside. Just incessant, something tight. Like, what in the world's in this room? Oh, there's Mr. Bell, Mr. Buddha. I don't know why you're laughing. You're, you sh- I bet you're not laughing now. Flames, it's hard to, hard to laugh in the flame. But anyway, he's got a big belly, and somebody will rub his belly and make a wish. Hmm. Emblems of pagan worship, whatever it is. So you need to check it out. How many hear me? Uh, before I go where I'm planning to go, let me say this, 1 Corinthians 10, 20 and 21. Rather, the Apostle Paul said, these things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to gods, and I, uh, not to God, and I don't want you to have fellowship with demons. You can't drink of the uh, cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You can't partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. So you know what he said? When you worship a pagan god, you're not wish, worshiping a pagan god, you're worshiping the devil. So then the emblems of that. Now, I've, you know, I've gone to all over India. I've been to Africa, a number of places. And you always got these uh, tourist stores you go into. You can buy paraphernalia to bring home. I always had to be really, really careful. Even in Egypt, and I had to be really, really careful the kinds of things I brought home. Anything, anything that is an emblem of demon power it will not be in my house. Because my house is a place where the Holy Ghost is, where the angels of God are, where I live. And I want my house to be a place of peace. You come to my house, I want you to be healed and set free, not bound. I know you think, well, Pastor, you're just real superstitious. Well, just let me be superstitious then. And while I'm superstitious, I'll just be free. Huh? So I don't buy that stuff. And I've, I've taken people on missions trips with me to India, to Africa. 
Uh, and so I say, yeah, they start to buy a big old mask or this or that. And I say, you know, you probably don't want to buy that. You probably want to think to it because some devils will follow you home. And you put that in your bedroom, that devil's going to be in the bedroom with you. Hey, this, this just happened. Uh, there's a boho, uh, bohemian decoration. You know, some of that might be all right, but, but, but did you know Bohemia? You know, I went to the Czech Republic uh, a few years ago. Bohemia is, um, I guess, to the north of the Czech Republic. Did you know that? There's a lot of witchcraft there. Did you know that? It's near Germany. A lot of witchcraft, Bohemia. But uh, so some of the, they call it boho decor. And this has become familiar. Uh, dream catchers, y'all familiar with that? I'm just trying to give you a few for instances. So just had this come up. Somebody I know was given a dream catcher. You know what a dream catcher is? Well, it, it really comes from the Native American Indians. And I've actually got it in the notes, and I don't have time to talk about it in great detail except to say it's symbolism. And anyway, uh, somebody I know was given like a little thing to hold a plant, had a dream catcher on the bottom. And the whole uh, idea behind the dream catcher part of it, it's got little, little feathers on it and little stones on it, this and that and the other. The whole idea is that it, it wards evil away and, and keeps you safe and calm and peaceful. So somebody I know uh, had this, somebody give it to him. So, well, thank you for the gift, put it in the closet. Well, well, their husband, he's had uh, uh, sleep paralysis. That is, he woke up and couldn't move. His inner person's awake, but his outer person's, and he couldn't wake up. And he finally cried out, in the name of Jesus, and he got to where he could move. Happened two nights in a row, he said, he asked his wife, said, what in the world? What's going on? And she said, well, he said, you bought anything new? And she went in the closet and brought that dream catcher out. True story. They threw it away, and he had no more problem. So I'm just saying, uh, you need to watch what you buy today. The devil just loves to be innocuous. He doesn't want you to know who he is and what he's doing. How many hear me? I had a guy years ago, this back in the 80s, uh, he really had a, a, a quite a mixed up life. And uh, re really, 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 really bad. And uh, I ministered to him for weeks and weeks on end. And uh, and he got found, I don't want to go into great detail, he had just mega problems. And um, abused as a child, and that, you know, filtered into all kinds of problems in life. But, uh, so I was ministering to him week after week after week, and, and actually a demon spirit manifested. And uh, it's a big story, I don't have the time to tell on Sunday morning. But I got him set free. Now, Joe McGee came into my office to help me because I had to hold him down and command the thing to come out of him. But I got to talking to the guy because he still had problems. And, uh, you know, talked to him several more weeks. And, you know, what you want, if you get the word in you, there's nowhere for the devil to mess with. The more words in you, the less problems you're going to have. Did you know that? With, with obsessive thinking and all that kind of stuff, it'll just, it'll just float away. So anyway, I said, well, when I called it, I said, now, now something's going on here. I've been talking to you for weeks and weeks. And then this problem, uh, in fact, he kept, he, he, he would go home and feel melancholy and blue and down and depressed. I said, what's in your house? Well, he was in the military. And he went to one nation and bought him a set of Buddhist temple bells and had them sitting in his living room. And I said, you go get those Buddhist temple bells and you throw them out. He did. There's more to the story. I don't have time to tell it. He did, and he had no more problem. Then they're crazy. Now, I have lots of stories like that. Again, many of my trips both to India, Africa regularly, we have demon manifestations because there's so much 
occult paraphernalia and so much paganism and uh, so much worship of false gods. You understand that, right? And so we're just preaching. We're just having, we're just ministering to people and uh, a demon will manifest. And then we just have to tell it to come out in Jesus' name and the person gets set free. How many hear me? So, so I mean, these people are supposed to be, so I've been in Africa. Let me tell you that. I've been in Africa. We got six, seven, eight thousand people outside. And, and, you know, the Africans, when they come from their tribe, wherever they are, from that region, you know, they bring their choir and they bring, the, and the choirs have robes. So you got a purple robe choir, a blue robe choir, a yellow robe choir, a green robe, yellow, you know, blue, red robe, whatever. So you got all the, and they're swaying, singing and all. And then we get to preaching and then one of the people in the choir robes, and just fall on the floor, on the ground. And wreathe around until we come and say, come out. Now, they're church people. How do I know they're church people? Because they got a choir robe on. (laughs) Now, what does that tell me? They probably have icons in their house. They probably got mysticism going on that came from their ancestry. Did you know that? It's very, very prominent all over Africa, right? If you've traveled there, you know it's true. And they have animistic ideals and ideas. And then India is the same way. Uh, uh, I was in India. Uh, what time? Y'all okay? Uh, I was in India, uh, uh, Vijavada. It's uh, north of uh, Chennai. Uh, Chennai. Uh, we, were, uh, we were surrounded by tobacco fields. And, and it's late at night. It's 9.30 at night, 10 o'clock at night. And um, we had to rent, you know, something for electricity and so we could speak with a loudspeaker and have lights and all. So I'm preaching, and the presence of God fell. I'm preaching on, I'm preaching on Genesis 3, original sin. And I'm just, you know, and so you got the, you got the church people that come, of course, so some of them are saved. Then you, got the, then, then you have the, um, the Hindus that are usually, they'll come and see what you're doing because, uh, you know, we don't look like them. We're Americans. I'm a white boy, uh, a bald white boy. And so they want to see the ball white boy. And so they're standing all around the outside. But then, uh, then you got, you know, some of the church people and stuff there. The ladies, they have their pretty saris on. I mean, they dress beautifully. All kind of different colors and stuff. So I'm preaching, and, and I'm preaching on Genesis 3, original sin. No kidding. And uh, my goodness, all of a sudden, this lady in the middle, she starts wreathing like a snake. She starts doing like this. I said, that woman's got problems. I just kept preaching. The presence fell. I mean, the presence of God fell strong. I could feel it on my flesh. I said, wow. So I preached about sin, what Adam and Eve did, how they sinned against God, and the anointing was strong. And the moment that anointing came, she started breathing like a snake. And then not only that, she got down on her belly. Yeah, she was dressed in a white sari on a tarp, got down on her belly and crawled like a snake right up to me. And then when she got up to my feet, she put herself up on her arms and did like this. She tuck her tongue out like a, like a snake. I thought, devil, you are really crazy. Look at you. My God, what are you doing? And I looked at the people, and they were looking at her like, oh, my goodness. Oh my. And there's probably three or 400 people there. It's like, I said, do y'all know her? And they say, uh-huh. I said, who is she? She said, lady in our community. We know her. I said, okay. So I had a word from the Lord. Ignore her. I said, ignore what she's doing. I don't know why she's breathing like a snake, but just ignore her. So I kept preaching. The anointing was there. We got a bunch of people saved. And then filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, because, see, the devil wants to pay attention to him and not Jesus. And I knew that's what he was wanting to do. He wanted me to interrupt while the anointing was there and deal with her. I said, no, I'm not doing it. 
Just let her read or whatever she wants to do. So the whole time I'm preaching, you ever you imagine preaching, you got somebody at your feet? <laughs> Reading around, sticking around. I mean, just like crazy. I thought, you're fool, you're crazy. We got the people saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then the God was with me. We stood her up. And we, and I'll talk about all this stuff later. I put her head, we put her head in our hands. Said, come out in the name of Jesus. And that devil that had a hold of her came out. Now, the weird thing was we had Hindus all the way around. They were looking like, oh, my Lord. But then there were a bunch of dogs in the community. The moment we said, come out, all of the dogs howled all at the same time. And we said, oh, my goodness. What is Even the dogs know something wrong. How did she get that? Messing with paganism. So if you have any emblems of paganism, get rid of them. Do you hear what I just said? Get rid of them. Now, I've ministered deliverance to lots of different kinds of people, but I'm just telling you don't have anything to do with that stuff. Susan and I, you know, Fixer, y'all ever watch Fixer Upper? Well, Susan and I bought a Fixer Upper. And how old was I? I was, uh, I was uh, 33 years old when I bought a Fixer Upper, 32, when I bought a Fixer. Didn't you love our Fixer Upper? No. <laughs> it took me a long time to Fixer Upper that house. I just want you to know it was tough. Anyway, we uh, had been in the house for a little while, and I just got angry. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty motivated guy, but I really try to watch my anger. And, and I've, I've, I always treat my wife kindly, or think I do. You can tell them, Susan. But I was always nice and sweet to Susan. I always tell her she's the most beautiful person in the room. Well, I would, one day I came to that house, and I opened the back door. and had a sunken living area. I opened that door, and, man, I chewed on her hard. She was standing up the steps at the kitchen from the sunken living room, went right in the kitchen. And man, I chewed on her. I mean, I just, I don't think I cussed, but boy, I fussed hard. I called her all kinds of stuff. I said, Susan, I, I came to my, I stopped. I said, what happened to me? I'm so sorry, so sorry. Forgive me. I went and hugged her and asked God to forgive me. I said, God, why did that happen? You know what I found out? An alcoholic lived in that house before I got there. And whatever he did was still there because it came on me. And yeah, I'm, I was a pastor. I was starting a church. And, it, and I acted that way to my wife. Man, listen, you know what I did? Woo-hoo, we had a hallelujah hoe down in the house. I got my oil out. I anointed all the doors and windows, whatever. I said, devil, listen, I don't know what you've been doing in this house, but no more and not to me ever again. No, nobody that lives here, get out of here in Jesus' name. Demon spirits are territorial. Have you figured that out? You can go into certain cities and feel them. Sometimes you go out, uh, Susan and I were going to the mountains, I got to stop, in uh, Arkansas one time. And we went through a city, and it's like, man, this is a stingy, I said, Susan, this is a stingy place. There's another city that Susan and I are very familiar with, and there's one area of the city, and, and the people are like, snooty, like, who do you think you are? You're not as good as we are. Demon spirits, my friends. Did you hear what I'm saying? And you can control that in your place, in your house, in your family, where you live, but you can't necessarily control it in somebody else's house or in somebody else's community unless they want it as a whole. I started a church in a small town in South Carolina, and the atmosphere was, and i got to stop, completely oppressive. And I, and I had a guest speaker come and said, man, this is a ridiculous city. What's going on? I said, I don't, I don't know. I just moved here. I don't know. This little boy, I don't know. Well, I got to driving around. Here's a bone doctor. If I, if I preach too long, help me, Jesus. 
Here's a bone dry, no kidding. Here's a guy on, on one of the main highways, and he had hundreds of animal bones in his front yard. And he was a witch doctor. Oh, yeah, people go to him, and he'd go, whatever he did, you know, try to help them get healed or whatever. But he had all these bones because he believed in mysticism. Well, I got to, had to start praying about all that stuff because it made the atmosphere oppressive. I'm just saying, don't mess with this stuff. How many hear what I'm saying? 